welcome to episode five of Ladies and gentlemen, it is not the wrong day of the week. I am not Will, and I am the guest host <laughs> for Not a Real Veteran podcast tonight. Uh, the only people who knew was myself and Mr. William. Uh, he said he was having a rough day and he needed a warm glass of milk and a lay down. So I am providing such things. But Today on the show, we have a very special hero, uh, the Pekka, Pika, whatever you want to call him, uh, the big dude with the sword who kicks ass. Uh, how you doing today, sir? Doing all right, man. What's going on? I guess I shouldn't call you a guest. I'm the guest. Well, we've got a guest. I'm a guest. Mm, <laughs> Thomas is the guest. Tom Queter. Well, with that, I'm going to do the average real quick, if you don't mind. I reckon you oughta. Yeah, we uh, we get money for it. Keeps the keeps the show on. Go find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. Like, share, subscribe, comment on this video. Help us with the algorithm. Get it going. Get it going good. Get it deep. Like the Tennessee Radical Caucus. It is the most radical of caucuses. Um, if you are a diehard libertarian and you believe in the diehard stance and you might even consider yourself a radical, go to the redactedcaucus.org or find the Tennessee Radical Caucus on Facebook. Take the banner off. Tom52.com. That's T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. Hit the donate button at the top right there. Help the man out. Um, he There's no quitting Queter. And he runs better than the government, even though he is a disgusting cripple. Um, I don't know about disgusting. I guess he's an all right dude. I, I, I assume he showers, but he is a cripple. Um, and he's an awesome dude. I'm not going to tell him that to his face, so he can stay down there in the fucking gulag while I say that. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Casey's third book is finally out. It is crowned by gold. Um, it took him only seven and a half years to write it in crayon. And yeah, it, it took him forever to write it. I am, we are contractually obligated to say it's a good book. Will is actually reading the series, so he will say it's a good book because he likes it. Um, I'm saying it's a good book because I refuse to read it and someone pays us money. A super fan of his uh, says, hey, we want to pay you money to not shit on his book. So fuck Jack Casey. Um, the Alaskan Raven for all your meme needs. Uh, go find the Alaskan Raven on Facebook. We've got the Greasy Porcupine, road services, tune-ups, and maintenance, service and repair. Go to greasyporcupines.org to find out more. I actually beat it that time. Hell, also, yeah. one more thing. Uh, Mr. Will and Mr. Braxton live out in a state of West Texas called uh, Oklahoma. It's, it's East Texas. It's East Texas. Yeah. Um, is it East or West? It's it's North Texas. It's on top of Texas in all regards. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I don't know about all that. But <laughs> but Miss Natalie Bruno, who is running for governor of Oklahoma, has asked me to come out there and uh, apparently kill her candidacy before it starts. So if you want to help Natalie out, don't think of it as helping me. Think of it as helping her. Go to GoFundMe, that link right there. One of the peoples that work behind the scene, whether it's Jenny or Carly or someone, will post it and pin it to the top of the comments. Uh, please help out. We've only got $55 left. We have blown through almost the entire GoFundMe in two days. Yo, you people are awesome. Thanks for the donations. Um, but let's let's hit this last 55 and push it over the top and as promised, that Thursday when I get there, even jet lagged, I will sit down on Will's casting couch and do a show with him. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. The comments are coming in. There's Will. There he is. 
Let's see. What do we got here? That's what she said. Nice. All right. So we got a guest on. Do you do you want to talk to him or you want to talk to me? What do you mean? I mean, we can just kick him out right now. I mean, it don't even matter. Oh. We ain't bring him <laughs> well, we already plugged his campaign. Yeah, what that's all he there? gets. Yeah, fuck him. Should I bring the Oompa Loompa up? Let's hear from Tom. Yeah, fuck him. Bring him up. Well, hey guys, how's it going? Um, I feel like this is a breach of contract. Will uh, promised me that the surprise was not Chris, and I feel feel slighted. Well, that's what we do here. So, I mean, <laughs> we promise a lot and deliver nothing. So, I mean, we aim to disappoint. So, you know, I'm at least a, a good guest for your show. I am not a veteran, although surprisingly. I, I have been mistaken for one several times. Well, Will was worried when he when he talked to me. He said, hey, there's not going to be any veterans on the show tonight. And I said, just like every week. And uh, he wanted me to come on to make sure that there is at least one veteran on the show tonight. So here I am. You know, I, I heard it took Jack so long to write that book because you kept eating his crayons. No, that's the Marine Corps, bro. And Braxton's looking around because he was Air Force, but as we all know, Air Force doesn't count. Technically, there's only one branch, and it's been addressed a few times. The Army. Even in the military, people people can't avoid taking sides. Uh, Yeah, so I've uh, actually got a lot of experience with veterans. My mother worked at the Oxford Veterans Home when I was growing up, so... I actually met and knew World War One and Two and Korean and Vietnam War uh, veterans growing up. But I'll never forget Jim Daly. He he had, did not have the use of his legs. He was an original Hell's Angel member, not the biker gang, but the Air Force, and he escaped the home regularly without the use of his legs despite being locked in with a tracker on him. So they hit go to the bar and have a good time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, hey, um, them old them, them old heads, they were they were brutal. Them motherfuckers was mean. A friend of mine knows about it and actually saved my life years ago. Um, we call him Spanky. His his real name is Aaron Hudson. Good dude. Uh, but I had fallen out of my chair and busted my head pretty good. And I'm a difficult person to pick up because I'm so brittle in the skeleton. He was the only person there that could take the direction necessary to get me back into my wheelchair without injuring me further. And and he did. He just went to it. My father was a Navy veteran. My maternal grandfather, Air Force veteran. My step maternal grandfather. I don't know if he was Navy or Air Force, but he was on the deck of the aircraft carrier and was able to see the glow from the bomb that dropped at World War II. Um, Hiroshima. But he also died with like over a dozen different kinds of cancer, by the way. <laughs> Shocker. Right? Um, they don't like to tell our, our veterans what uh, what they're getting into, or, or our military personnel what they're getting into. Originally, nope. <clears throat> what do you know about the Bikini Island tests? Oh, the Bikini Atolls? Yeah, uh that that the uh, very first one they tested out in uh out at sea. And they, they tested it on an island surrounded by a bunch of uh, supposedly retired Navy ships. And then they had Navy personnel scrub those ships when they came back. And, and there's all kinds of problems still today resulting from that. Um, you know, it's interesting how, how terribly we treat our veterans and our military personnel. But Chris, can I ask you? 
Am I supposed to call you Chris, or is it not Will? It, I, I would go by bootleg, but you've already, you've already spilt the baby, so go ahead. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, when you were going through boot camp, uh, and when you were to go overseas, how many vaccines did you get? Mm. See, when uh, when you go in through Army Basic, uh, you've got this, like, entry week, this, this week-long period in which they give you uniforms, IDs, all these things. They set you up. And one of those things is they give you, like, this run of shots. You're standing in line, and they're just hitting you left and right. Um, and I will say this. I remember... I, I can't give you a number. I have no idea what they gave me. I still, to this day, have no idea. But I can remember one specific shot, and Braxton will remember this one. Uh, the peanut butter shot, which is atrocious. It's like a penicillin was like mixed in with a bunch of other shit or something. And it was... So they put it in your hand, and they pull it out of a freezer, stick it in your hand, and then you hold it, and it's supposed to get body temperature before they inject you with it. Well, surprise, surprise, it's not body temperature when they inject you with it. It's still ice cold, and you're walking around with an ice cube in your ass for, like, the next couple of days. Oh, it warms up at once it's body temperature, but it hurts to walk. You walk funny, all these things for, like, the next couple of days. You know, it's it's interesting. Our, our military has often been treated as guinea pigs in many ways. Everything from being near or introduced to chemical weapons to uh, judge whether or not. I mean, you probably got gassed, right? Yeah, the CS gas, yeah. <laughs> but what is CSS? CS gas. Uh, it's, it's tear gas. It's just a hyped up version of tear gas. What's the uh, what's the chemical compound? Not clue. Yeah, not like you know. Oh, <laughs> you mean look it up? <laughs> no, um, I don't know. You don't know. You don't know when you entertain it, right? When you go into that box that they put you in to gas you, they don't. Uh, they don't tell you what it is. You don't know what chemicals you're being exposed to. So it's chlorobenzyl. Montreal. <laughs> that, that, that's yes, uh, I, so organic and safe. I just had a stroke reading that. It's this, whatever that is. Does it tell you how it works? Uh, is the It's. I'm sure I could do the research on it, but. I don't think people want the science hour here. Right. So <laughs> I think the point I'm getting at is that our, our military has, has long been used to to test things. Everything from the effects of uh, nuclear radiation to CS gas and, and whatever else. Who knows? I mean, we all know about the Tuskegee experiments. What else have they done? Probably quite a bit. Braxton, did y'all end up having to get the uh, anthrax shots? Say that again. Did Did y'all have to get anthrax? Like the I don't anthrax? think. I mean, I did. I'm trying to think which. I mean, I was overseas for my entire enlistment, and uh, it was for one of the bases I was going to. It was required. You don't get it in basic training. I don't think. Mm-mm. I think that's when you get <clears throat> for shipping out. Yeah, you uh, you get you get the anthrax mm-hmm. series before a deployment. Um, it's. So I had to have it during, uh, oh, what's that? The National Training Center, NTC. Yeah, out out west. Um, you get it there. Uh, I got it. I got it there or before there, but we got it before the deployment. I probably got it right, or probably when I got to Korea. Then got the anthrax and the smallpox at around the same time. And can I ask you? Do you do you know anybody that you served with that was? Injured by those vaccines? Mm, I don't. <clears throat> no. So a friend of mine's ex, and I can never remember if it was the smallpox or the anthrax vaccine, uh, but he's one of those cases that actually suffers permanent paralysis directly due to the vaccine. 
Yeah, I've heard of people having issues. I've never known anyone that's had issues. But I know the Anthrax, especially when it first came out, they had a lot of issues with it. So, uh, this is your show. Do you want to ask me anything? <laughs> yeah, I was just, you were going on a thing there. I was just, I was going on the trip with you, bud. Uh, you, and you've talked with me before. You know I won't <laughs> shut up unless you lead it a little bit. Well, Braxton, you don't talk to Tom much. You uh, you want to ask him any questions? Or you want me to go? Um, man, go for it. I, I leave the planning to Daddy Will. I'm, I'm <laughs> Daddy, just along uh, for the ride too. <laughs> oh, wow, that is military. So, uh, y'all were having a conversation before the show, and I couldn't help but laugh at it. It was super awkward, and it was phenomenal. Braxton said, "So, what's your day job, Tom?" And Tom looks at him with all seriousness and says. I'm a cripple. And so with that... Go ahead, Tom. I, I said I'm crippled. And uh, that's actually... So not only am I not allowed to serve in the military, just throwing that out there, even though there's plenty <laughs> of jobs for the military, and I could do because, you know, a lot of people don't actually ever go overseas. Um, the... Technically, I could choose to get a job in work. But what happens if I make that choice lead to severe detriment and even death because I'll lose a lot of what I need to stay healthy. And, and, and it's this weird dichotomy, particularly with disability welfare, but it, it's, it exists in some form in all forms of welfare. Um, if you take the government's help, you give up some of your rights, whether it's forced or coerced. And, and the, the the discussion on, on Forrester is interesting. Um, and people like to say, well, you could just choose to get off of welfare. Sure, great. And you could just choose to shoot yourself in the groin. True. Most people don't make those kinds of choices on purpose. Yeah. Um, so the the wage gap between what I could get, whether I was you know 20 years ago when I was 18 or today, gap is still huge was then is now the gap between what I can make and earn and coverage I could get with a job and what I get on welfare is so great that I am likely to die in between getting a job and working up to the point where I have what I need. So, so that that is a literal cliff you're asking someone to jump off of just to utilize their basic rights of participating in the economy, pursuing happiness and, and being productive. So the reason I brought that conversation up is I think you would have to be living under a rock or a complete imbecile to not recognize that the VA is fundamentally broken. Um, and the VA uh, is supposed it was was created after the Civil War in order to take care of veterans who were being injured in battle, having issues, whatever, from having fought these wars. And as we've seen over the last 20 years, you know, the number of Americans who died in Afghanistan was around 6,000. However, that does not include the total of tens of thousands of Americans who were damaged from that war alone, whether it's a missing arm, missing leg, shrapnel, PT, like severe PTSD, all of these things. And these are people who would be classified as disabled by a fundamental, just just a fundamental description of it. Um, these are people who, you know, I have a buddy of mine who had both of his legs blown off, um, but he's he, he kept a sense of humor because vets were, were dark, just disgusting human beings, but we've got a special breed of humor. But he does qualify for 100% disability from the VA because he lost both his legs. And the fight that a lot of vets have to go through to get that disability uh, for some people is enormous. I know people that have had to fight for years, decades, to get any amount of coverage from the VA from a disability. And so I think the real, a real good talking point, especially for yourself being on this show, is where do we merge, like the pro, like 
I think there's a lot of correlation between civilians who are on disability and the VA on dis with veterans with disability because it's run by the same entity. It's the U.S. government, and so you see a lot of the same problems. So, what a do you think it, the solution moving forward is? Well, a lot of it's fairly bureaucratic. Um, so there's paperwork. There's there's extraneous appointments, extraneous qualifications. In both cases, I have to ask you, do you think the state legislature or the military hierarchy or anybody who passes this bureaucratic mess is familiar with you and your health situation and can determine whether or not you're disabled? Or do you think your doctor maybe should be involved? If your doctor states that you're disabled, that should be enough. Um, you know what? If they're really worried about it, get three doctors to say you're disabled. That would be much more efficient than what we've got today. On average, yeah, absolutely, Tom. Absolutely. Yeah, for the audio listeners, uh, Tom Ashlock said, vets don't always get the financial help they need. Your brain gets broken. How do you how do you qualify a disability that nobody can see? Um, so that's that's interesting. Um so I know in the regular realm outside of the VA, if you are met with disability midlife, uh, the average time nationally to to qualify for assistance is four years. Most people lose their homes, their belongings, their savings, their families in that four years. How is that helping? It's if not. We're going to yeah, if we're going to force them into an even worse situation than when they came for help in order to help them, how is that helping? It's not. Um, and, and I would argue that um, disability should be diagnosed by non-government doctors, people who are not incentivized to lean one way or the other, but people who actually care, people who actually understand your situation. I mean, right now, New York State is spending money labor hours, and money to prove that my genetic condition that I was born with, it still happened. They recognize both of those facts. I was born with this genetic condition, and I still have it, and yet they are spending time, resources, and money to prove that it affected me between the ages of 18 and 21. Sorry, 22. Yeah, because uh, apparently genetic disorders like mine just magically come and go, right? I mean, these feet can just flip over when they want to, and finally I can walk. And then, lo and behold, you know, they, they flip back over and say, no, you're not going to walk today. Um, I, I think that's ridiculous. And, and I don't even understand why they would need to prove that. What does that matter? So. Yeah, I mean, it's the the income, like the the level of compassion that these organizations have is basically negative um, at this point. They you're a burden to them. It's their job. They get paid good money with good benefits uh, to they're supposed to assist people. But you're a burden to them. They that's that's how a lot of these people treat you. And I, I shouldn't say these are bad people, but the problem is that they've been in this system so long, and I've seen I've seen other industries. Well, I shouldn't say industries, other uh, departments within the government that's the same way. I've seen, you know, these people come in, they're optimistic. They're like, look, my dad was a vet. I want to help these people. You know, I want to get them the benefits they want. After five years of just watching people having their entire life ruined because of the system, I, I can't say I wouldn't have a shit attitude either. I mean, it's at that point you feel like a prisoner just as much as the people coming through your line are. You know, that, that's an excellent point. Um, I can correlate that to social workers for my situation. You know, it doesn't pay much to be a social worker. Um, there's a lot of requirements. It's a lot of hassle. It's something you do because you want to help people. It's not something you jump into for money. And most of the social workers I talk to, if you can break down their walls and get them to talk, their greatest heartache is that they got into an industry to help people and yet when they try to wade through the bureaucracy 
they often have to go back to the person they've gotten to know by name, their personality, developed a friendship with this person. They understand their hardship. They understand they're in need. But because of the bureaucratic systems, they have to go back to that same person and say, I can't help you. And imagine doing that 10 times a day. Imagine knowing that every error you make in some of these paperwork can get them kicked off the services they need to be alive or be happy. That happens. Uh, currently in New York, they use the um, Universal Assessment System, UAS. It is a, a long box-checking piece of paperwork that's now electronic. And it, it, it's largely asinine. But if you make a mistake on it, it can get somebody killed. Yeah. It does. And it does. Well, with and, that much bureaucracy, I mean, it's very easy to mix up someone's medication. Um, and they'll, they'll, they'll just write it off as, oh, sorry, we messed up and keep going. Because who's going to sue the government? Well, it's certainly not someone living on SSI. Exactly. You know, the, the, uh, the rates of medical malpractice are pretty high, really, when you think about it. For the amount of training they get, the amount of money they spend, and uh, the amount of money that the hospital system spends. That, that, that's high. I mean, it may seem low when you look at the numbers, but it's actually high for what should be. Um, just the number of times that the sponge is left inside someone is ridiculous. Or getting the wrong limb cut off. We see a story about that about every year, don't we? Now, when we think yeah. about that, we think that's awful. And, oh, there ought to be a law. Well, lo and behold, it's actually the laws that are causing that to happen. They are weighing down the administrative burden of hospitals all over this country, particularly in New York now. They are weighing down the administrative process for social work, hospital systems, rehab systems, you name it. And now we're spending more time and money paperwork and we are helping people that's ridiculous we, we, we should not require those. I mean they want to prove 16 times a year that I am still disabled think about that 16 yeah, that's, times I mean your disability just magically heals itself and goes away every year right right so maybe there's some conditions right I mean if you break your leg really badly and you go on disability for a short period of time, of course, they want to stop paying you when you no longer need it. That kind of makes sense. But, then, you know, your friend who has no legs, is he ever not going to be disabled? No. Right. Uh, am I ever not going to be disabled? Maybe. No. <laughs> Genetic. Sorry. Yeah. Go back in time. Um, why... Uh, why are we wasting money on these people? I mean, I'm not normally in favor of categorizing people, but if we're looking at cutting the waste in our systems, we could at least stop re-verifying everything. Another thing is requirements for appointments. I went through over 20 appointments to be able to apply for a new wheelchair several years ago. The wheelchair was denied, by the way. And that's when you crowdfunded the one you have now, right? Uh, yes. Um, so I had applied for the same make and model chair that I had had since I was 15. It works. It uh, has an excellent suspension, which happens to be very important when you have a brittle skeleton. And lo and behold, our government seems to have put that business out of business. <clears throat> So we've got a lot of comments coming in of people who are kind of sharing a little bit about their story. Um, Tom Ashlock has been going on about uh, some of the stuff that he's been having issues with. Um, he says, I'm pretty much homeless and can't get the support I need. He says he pays his bills to keep his score up. He says he feels like a burden on the people that, he, that uh, care That's about him. Common. That's um, so common. He says uh, people work hard. Uh, let's see. Uh, and then Joe Lewis, who's actually been on the show before, he's a friend of ours. Uh, 
I've been battling the VA for years with my lungs. Finally, they did the test and found out my lungs were, are as old as a 90-year-old man. We'll see if I actually get paid for it. So I wonder for, if uh, I wonder if he went through the CS gas. I bet he did. Uh, yeah, almost everyone has to. That's why they. That's why uh, there's no ASVAB waivers. ASVAB waivers or shit, asthma waivers. I'm struggling. Asthma waivers. So let me hit on a couple points there. One, you know, whether or not CS gas was a part of his situation or not doesn't matter. You're exposed to many things, particularly in the field when you're deployed. Um, I have, as, as chair of Geneva County, uh, I have managed to put a libertarian on the line for Gilbert Town Council. She has a 29-year history in the military, uh, medical and environmental. Uh, for, for a long time, it was her job to determine the hazards that a deployment would meet and see and whether or not they should go there or whether or not um, they should use certain um, measures of safety in those areas. She, uh, she has complained to me that most often what she fought for got ignored. The higher-ups would just choose to send you. They would not listen to what she said. She did her job, and it amounted to nothing. I get that one off there. Nobody wants to see Eskimo. <laughs> you know, and that's that's disturbing. The military actually pays someone to do the research and do the work to ensure that our troops are safe and to, to ensure that safety measures are taken. And then that person is ignored. You know, when I asked her why she was running, she flat out stated, I served my country for 29 years to protect our freedoms, and I come home to this? You're damned right I'm going to run. Yeah, you see a lot of that. You see a lot of vets, you know, that are, you know, Raw, raw, ready to roll. Um, you know, fucking motivated as shit. You know, bleed red, white, and blue. You know, believe that we're fighting for freedom, and then come back and look at the country that we're in, and we're like, "What the fuck freedoms do we talk about?" You know, and it, it is—it's controversial to say, but the people living in remote Afghanistan have far more freedom than we do. It's a shit standard of living, mind you, but they can. They don't have these regulations. They can buy whatever the fuck wait, they want wait to. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why is it a shit standard of living over there? Uh, well, when you've got thirty people using the same shit pile, it's uh, it's it, it's it's a it's a it's a lower standard of living than what we would consider mediocre here in the United States. So compared to us, yes, it's a shit right. standard of living currently. Currently, what what was it like before the Cold War? Uh, Afghanistan. I've I've always heard and I've seen some of the reports that said it was it was a it was an amazing place to live in the cities. the 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 count the countryside was always bad, but the cities were better. Well, I live in the country in New York, and you can say the same thing here. So, what are the cities like there now? They're still better. They're they're still a lot better than uh, the rural parts of Afghanistan. You're you're looking basically almost a 500 year difference between going from a city in Afghanistan to the remote part or the more rural parts of Afghanistan. 500 years at least in some areas. Right. So I'm aware that they had a thriving culture over there, and and the Cold War between Russia and us. Really, that, that's, that's a huge hindrance. Now, I, I want to get back to uh, what I was talking about with Jennifer Casey, our, our town board candidate. Likewise, Eskimo, likewise. <laughs> uh, she you know, says she wants to pinch his cheeks. Yeah, but she didn't say which ones. Um, 
Oh my god. <laughs> so Jennifer was in the military for 29 years. How much has this country changed in 29 years? A lot. Right. And most of us don't notice because we're, we're living here. It's slow. Uh, it trickles in. We accept one thing and then we accept the next thing and, and then we accept another thing. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, um, our states are making decisions to cut funding to programs that work for adults with autism and instead choosing to house them with the criminally insane pedophiles and rapists because that's where someone with a disability needs to be, I guess. Does that make sense, right? Um, no. So if you're, if you're spent decades serving, when you come back, you reintegrate to the community deeply, you're more likely to get a shock, right? Yeah. Um, and Mr. Ashlock, don't feel bad about getting help. Don't feel bad about asking for help. Um, it is not your choice to be in the situation you're in. And it is not your choice for these systems to be overly burdened through bureaucracy. And it is not your choice to tax everyone. These people are going to tax us no matter what. They're going to try to take everything they can, no matter what. You might as well get what you need. And the sad fact here is you're actually never going to get that. You're going to get some of it, but you're not going to get all of it. And there's going to be this huge price tag that really doesn't apply to helping you. And in my advocacy with those who have disabilities, the first thing I have to do is convince the person who is entirely in need. I mean, you would look at their situation and just go, God, how do you even survive that? And you have to convince them that it's okay to ask for help. And there's some interesting optics involved here. Um, what is the United States of America, Chris? You know. It's the most powerful government on earth. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a situation where the most powerful government on earth isn't helping you, to any kind of satisfaction. How How is it that you're supposed to wrap your head around the fact that you could still get help? Right? The most generous, the most powerful, the most whatever country on earth is, is choosing not to help you, or at least not to sufficiency. How do you then turn around and say, I gotta ask my family, I gotta ask my neighbors, I gotta ask my community. Well, you do it because it's your right. You know, you have the right to pursue happiness, and nothing the government does can get in that way of that. And you may not like the way the systems work right now. I don't. But it's better. It's better than the alternative right now. And what we can do is we can work to make them better. We can work to make them more efficient. We can work to remove some of this bureaucratic overhead. We can work to enable our communities to keep more of what's theirs and do what they do best, taking care of each other. Uh, and that, that kind of brings us back around to the Liberty Chair. That's what we're calling this. So watch me run into furniture. That looks great on camera. But uh, it is covered with libertarian stickers. What else are you going to do? You know? Put everybody's sticker on there. So. It's important to remember that you have the right to pursue happiness. That that is basic. It's ultimate. And if the government gets in the way of that, that's not your fault. And if the government is stealing from others for the sake of your little bit of help that the government gives back, that is not your fault. And if you need help, that is not your fault. 
my, yep. my recommendation would be, if, if I could, discern what you need that the system is not giving you. And ask. Ask your family. Ask your friends. Make sure they know that you're not getting what you need. Make sure you know. Make sure they know that they're paying all of this money for you to not get what you need. And then ask them to vote Libertarian. And chances are Libertarians are going to show up and help you out. Very true. Well, well, Tom, it's about that time. But I did want to give Tom Queter one more plug since he's on the show tonight. And I got something very interesting in the mail today. Um, now that it's, it's, a, it's been affirmed that my address does exist. But I got this in the mail. It says, it's the meme that I submitted to TomFor52.com slash FTG. And it says, when New York refuses to fix itself, come on, I'll do it. Fine, I'll do it myself. And he's got the Thanos glove. And uh, it says, not a real libertarian podcast in the bottom right, or bottom left. That's what it is. So, uh, Tom, do you want to give your uh, your last plug before uh, going to the gulag? No, absolutely. <clears throat> So if you go to tomfor52.com slash F as in frog, T as in tango, G as in go, FTG, you will you will be met with the meme contest. You will see last month's winners on merch. You will have the opportunity to buy a whole bunch of T-shirts. I think we're going to leave all the T-shirts off. And, awesome. and if you uh, read the introductory test there, it will give you a few cues on what we're looking for in memes and the email address to submit them to, memes at tomfor52.com. And uh, that's where you can submit your memes and you too can be a winner. And if enough merchandise sells, you will get a better prize than bootleg libertarian uh, because uh, the prizes are based on sales. Buy it now. Now I need to call Miss Cajun and see what she got. I'm sure it was better than mine. I make no comment. No, she got exactly (laughs) exactly the same thing. Uh, To be fair, it was not the cheapest item available. Well, there is that. Well, Tom, I appreciate you coming on tonight. I know Will decided to not come on because he doesn't like you and he doesn't want to talk to you. So... Yeah, well, you know, children get temperamental. <laughs> but uh, no, oh, check out the campaign. Sign up for the email updates. I've got five in-person uh, events in the next ten days. Another podcast after you guys, and you, you know the campaign is rolling. The campaign is moving forward. Launch parties on Saturday. Uh, Prime Rib, Larry Sharp, and Jennifer Casey uh, for my launch party. And, you know, I'm looking at a couple of neat, innovative um, campaign tools. We'll see how that goes, but keep your eye open. I'll be, I'll be moving. I'll be shaking. I, I am not one of those politicians that uh, sits back and, and lets everybody else do the work. I, I like to go and meet the people. And, and to that note, we will be doing a lot of that. Awesome, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'm sure Braxton does too. He looks like he's been captured by the Taliban and he's uh, filming a video for his family back home. But uh, so he's new to the LP, right? Newish, right? Pretty new. What is this? Is this episode ten? Well, he's asking about your involvement with the LP. Oh, with how, the LP. Yeah, how um, long have you been involved? Man, what, what do you consider involved? I've been giving them my money for about uh, six months. Okay. Um, in another six months, you'll be running for office. Congratulations. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> oh, Lordy. All right, Tom. You have your good night, sir, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks, right. Tom. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Well, Tom is always a hoot. One way or the other. Hoot and a half. Hoot and a half. 
He he is the half. So we're the hoot. He's the half. <laughs> How dare you, <laughs> dude? That's almost laughing. as funny as Jack Casey with the fake screen name that you had to kick off. Was that Jack? Yeah, of course. You didn't know that. The killer Nazi Adolf Hitler? The Pennywise guy. Well, I assumed it was. I guess I've been wrong before. No, that, that dude was spamming. There's no way that was Jack Casey. I'll call him after this. I'll be like, dude, was that you? And he'll be like, what? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but that's, yeah, that's funny. Um, So we got some good news. I've taken over this entire show. I've been here one episode, and poor Braxton hasn't been able to say shit. But uh, the GoFundMe is now at $315. So we're $5 short. I'm going to bring that back up here. Give that last college try here. But uh, if we can get that last $5, uh, we can guarantee that Will and I will both be sitting on the casting couch in a couple weeks filming an episode with... uh, Oh, it's the president of the Republic of Malasia. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Republic of Malasia, for those of you who don't know, is a independent or self-proclaimed independent nation in uh, in Nevada, just outside. I can't remember what town it's outside of, but it is 11 square acres, and it has a currency backed by cookie dough. So tune in the 21st of October to watch us interview the president of the Republic of Malaysia. Man, I'm going to see if I can make it down there for that weekend. It's supposed to be a lot of fun. Hmm. I hope we'll it's a lot set- of fun. Will has offered, has graciously offered his house to us. And uh, I told him, I said, don't let Braxton stay with me. He said, why is that? I said, ooh, that poor boy, he don't know what he's in for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen Deliverance. How close is that to your neck of the woods? It's worse. It's worse. It's worse. <laughs> well, I was just bluffing. I've not seen Deliverance. <laughs> it's, I'm bluffing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, them poor cheeks. They're all red now. You're embarrassed. Oh, it's a condition. It's a condition the walking. VA refuses to acknowledge it. He won't be walking straight for a week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, do you know who Derek Wida is? He was in the uh, 82nd Airborne. No, I don't. Um, he was in the 82nd Airborne, and he took an arrow to the knee, but it was in the form of a 7.62 round. And um, so he had to get that amputated above the knee and uh, discharged from the Army and stuff, of course. But uh, he's going to the VA in Las Vegas, Nevada. And through a miracle, they have one of the best prosthetic doctors in the country working there. And uh, so he's going and seeing this guy, and he's designing him a new leg and all this stuff. And the guy gets, uh, like, an offer he can't refuse from another hospital, I think, like, somewhere on the other coast, somewhere over on the East Coast. But he tells him, you know, he feels so bad about it, he'll continue working with him, you know, for free. His uh, mm-hmm. other doctors, you know, let him know that that would be okay. So everything's great. So, But his replacement, that doctor's replacement in the VA – um, some female, believe it or not, she wasn't going to have that. She told him, like, no, he's not affiliated with the VA, you know, and he was pretty much, well, you know, I think that's the best level of care I can get, and he's doing it for free. And she's like, oh, no, no, we're not going to let you do this. So uh, they filed a non-compete order against this doctor, and uh, this big legal battle ensued. So basically he didn't get to finish work with that prosthetics doctor. They make him another leg, and uh, I think he had his, yeah, he had his right leg amputated, and he gets his new leg in, and he's got a left foot on it. And uh, he talks about, you know, he just had his first kid, and he talks about walking up and down the stairs with a newborn baby, you know, having to go slow because he's got literally two left feet. Um, and this is not a guy I know personally. He's, uh, he's affiliated with the Drinking Bros guys. He had his own podcast uh, with them there for a while. I don't know what happened to that, but... Uh, but yeah, uh, the government will li- literally give you two left feet, stop you from getting the best care possible just because it's not their doctor. And 
that is the VA. It's awful, man. It's and the the fact that they fought to keep and like this doctor was going to do it no cost. The VA would have saved money, the care that they could have given to someone else. But the simple fact that they didn't have the monopoly over that guy's procedure and that doctor. Oh, man, this woman, she, I hope she rots in hell. She is one of those people that, like, look, you want equality, man. You get that, you get equal rights, you get that fucking equal left. You know what I'm saying? Like, like she is on the table for them, them hands. Oh, my God, that's irritating. Hmm. Made way too much sense. It was way too good to be true. Poor dude. Mm. That's mm. the more I think about, it, the more I get mad. That's well, just dude, if you want me to, I can send you the link to that episode. I'm sure I could find it because to hear him tell it uh, is something. Yeah, please send it to me. Mm? Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll uh, we might have to have uh, have him on here and talk to him because that'd be something good, and see if we can't find a way to help support him. Two left feet. How do you fuck that up? Like how do you've got a left and a right. You, when you were cutting the like the leg off, did you not notice like, hey, it's his right leg? You know, it'd be great there. You know, it'd be really funny. A left leg. Ha ha. Uh, this this will go over great for him. I'm sure he'll love this. Man, it's probably something like Tom was talking about. You know, I'm sure there's paperwork that goes along with it. And what if it's as simple as someone checked the wrong box? You know, throw common sense out the window. Like I can, I'm a doctor. I can, you know, physically, visually inspect this dude's feet or lack thereof. You know, the one he's got, the one he doesn't get, and I can figure which one he needs. But just the wrong box got marked on a piece of paper, and that's best case scenario. That sort, that level of incompetence is best case scenario. Yeah, and that's that's it's awful. That's disgusting. It's. Yeah, that makes me sick to my stomach. Because you got to think this guy lost that leg as a, I'll say, servant to his nation. Mm -hmm. Um, He was in a contract where he couldn't just say, you know what, I don't like this job. I quit and go home. Uh, He took a bullet to the knee, lost that leg, and their response is, we're going to make this as painful and stupid as we possibly can and we're going to give you two left feet um we're not going to fix you the way that you were we're going to fuck you up even worse ridiculous i really wonder how the much older vets fared i don't know what they expect because you know the military um and the way they kind of like integrate with society just the way the military has been viewed has changed so much since we've been a country like not very long ago, you know, you could serve in the military as an alternative to jail time. You know what I mean? Now, if you don't have a high school diploma and a, you know, pretty damn clean record, you know, you're, you're barred. And then, uh, you know, the, the difference back in the day between officers and enlisted were the enlisted were illiterate, you know what I mean? And the, uh, kind of the same thing. Uh, very, very, very different standards, and I'm sure the standards of care was a lot worse. I'm kind of interested to hear or read uh, what it was actually like maybe a hundred years ago. I've actually heard of stories here recently where people have like been offered uh, enlistment over jail time. I think, I think they still might do it. It's just not a lot of judges do it because um, they see it as like a beneficial thing to them and they want to punish them instead of give them a better life <laughs> um but i've i think i've actually heard of stories here recently in the last 10 20 years of people instead of jail time serving in the military interesting but uh it may be coming back i don't know but uh so quick update the gofundme is done uh Brian Sutton and Patricia have both donated the last amounts of money, and I appreciate both of them. They're awesome people. They do a lot for the LP already, not just because they've given me money, but because they already are doing a lot. Patricia, I know she's deeply involved up there in New York, and Brian, I see him all over the place doing great stuff. So appreciate both y'all. 
and Will will now have to deal with me in person. <laughs> oh, has he fucked up? But anyways, yeah, that's yeah. Let's let's look to reach out to that guy and see if we can't get him on y'all's show. Um, I think he'd be a great fit, and I think his story would uh really be a good one to cover. Sure. But uh, <clears throat> well, is there any last things, any final words for you, sir, before I kill the Um. If Will was here, I'm sure you'd want me to give a birthday shout out to Caitlin Garcia. He was supposed to make the balloon animals, but uh, I guess he doesn't care about Caitlin very much. So, <laughs> other than that, I think everything's been plugged. Actually, I just realized we didn't plug the veterans, or I didn't plug the veterans caucus because he doesn't actually have the graphics loaded up on here. So that's true. We never do. But uh, yeah, the Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus, uh, we're the biggest on Facebook, but we also have a presence on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, There's some better than decent memes on there. Lots of uh, good discussion. It's a good place. It's the place for any veteran libertarian. Eskimo says, is he going to sit on your lap on the casting couch? It's possible. Anything's on the table at this point. Will gives guys like you jobs, jobs that pay a thousand to five thousand dollars a day. Is that more than you're making currently? Well, considering I'm not working right now, yes, everything is more than I make right now. <laughs> yeah, actually, I have no. I honestly, I have no idea what Will does day to day. I think he's told me before, and just like everything else, it's gone through one ear and out the other. It's hard to keep track of. You know, he does like the triathlons. He just started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Will's a very interesting cat. Uh, You'll just have to see. I'm trying to think of my favorite Will story. There's, I don't know, they sound weird just verbally. You got to be there to experience it. (laughs) That's fun. But uh, with that, yeah. Um, Go check out the Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus on Facebook. It is a huge community and it is growing every single day exponentially. Um, It is a great community for prior service vets um, to just talk and have a good time and talk about liberty shit, man. It's uh, it's a great place. Um, Go follow us on Facebook at Not A Real Libertarian Podcast. Follow us and like and subscribe. uh, I should say subscribe to us on Facebook. Uh, YouTube, like the video, give us a thumbs up, hit the notification bell. Um, Twitch, Twitter, we live stream there as well. Uh, follow us on pretty much every social media, major social media platform. Like us and follow and all the good things. Um, go check out the merch store at notarealpodcast.com. We got some awesome shirts over there. Uh, not loaded up here. That's fine. But, yeah, go go check out the merch store. Um, there's actually uh, some bios on there about each of the uh, hosts, except for the guys who run the Monday show. We haven't got the website updated with them yet, but we will eventually whenever we have time to do it. Um, Will's on there. I'm on there. Braxton's on there. A little backstory, a little bit of how we met, how the show started and all that. Bang, bang, skeet, skeet. Ah, skate, 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 skate. Yes, Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, go check out Tom50.com. That's T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. And that's the show. Good evening and good liberty.
up, everybody? Welcome to episode five of the 